What up, y'all? I'm Rajay. And I'm Shy, and welcome to the RXS Podcast. The podcast where we provide inspiration, motivation, and information to the music community. Let's gang, go. gang, gang. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Babe? Today we're talking about um growing as a musician mm. um and having integrity. Those are two major things. Yeah, with a good friend of mine of ours. Okay, come More on. More mind than yours, but that's all right anyway. She ain't friends with none of my friends, but that's another story for another date. <laughs> but, um, yeah, enjoy. Peace. All right. What's good, y'all? I'm here with my boy Dennis Dudley. I finally got him in here. It's <laughs> hey, hey, but you kept your word, though. I did. That's my boy. I did. Hey, first of all, let me start off by saying this. For real, I think you're one of the most integral people I know. Like, do you, like, if Dennis say I'm going to be here this day, I'm going to be here. If I don't know and I need to call you back, that's what he say. Then he call back. Like, all right, this is what the deal is. Some people will be like, hey, man, let me, let me call you back. Don't hear nothing. <laughs> Dennis, don't call back at all. No like you were, like, where does that come from? Knowing how it feel to get it done, get that done to you. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying, uh, knowing what it feel like. I think we all know what it feel like, and you, uh, you don't want, uh, you don't want to make nobody else feel that way either. You know what I'm saying? Especially people that you cool with. Yeah, you know what I'm saying people that you work with. You know, got working relationships and stuff like that. So. I mean, I try to keep my word, try to remember what, what I said. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now that we got that out of the way, because I wanted to say that because I like to give props to the homies when they own a. Yes, sir. You really are one of the most integral people I know. I All right. But now that. I want to start. Take me to the beginning, man. I want to know about Dennis Dudley from birth on up. Jeez. Ah. So where, where do I start? We talking about music or what? No, we... I'm talking about beginning, Dennis, before the music. Because I know there's a story before the music. Man, um, I think I think music was the beginning. Okay. Even before me. I got in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, man, just really thinking about the beginning, all I can really think of and remember is pots and pans. You know what I'm saying? Pots and pans. Uh, my dad played guitar. Okay. So I remember, I vaguely remember um, like certain rehearsals, a few rehearsals. I remember going to different uh, quartet concerts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Really, yeah. really young, stuff like that. Of course, I was into sports and stuff like that as well. But I think music been strong from okay. the beginning. Wow. From the beginning. Music was strong from the beginning. So, the first thing you wanted to play was drums? I ain't going to say wanted to, but I believe most of us come out with rhythm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We kind of come out with rhythm. So, And the first thing we do is we come out and we, we beating on stuff. So, we yeah. develop rhythm, you know, yeah. by default. And um, you just find stuff to start hitting and stuff like that. So, whatever you can find, um, pencils, pens. Um, whatever. So I think it definitely developed with rhythm, you know, which led to drums. And um, from there, it just kind of started stemming on the other stuff. So 
how old were you when you like started playing drums? You mean like really showing like, interest? Yes, exactly. I want to say maybe around maybe around the three fours mark. Jeez, yeah, yeah, because because my uncle my uncle used to play drums and he used to sit me on his lap at a early age and you know I've heard a, mil- a million of times of whenever he would take me off his lap I'm crying I'm crying <laughs> so you know that that interest was there early yeah you know what I'm saying it was it was there early so that definitely started around that three four mark so you grow up you playing drums how long did you play drums before you went to another instrument I don't think I ever stopped playing an instrument to go to another one. Okay. I think other stuff just kind of started bleeding in a little bit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, but guitar was after that. Okay. Guitar was after that, but I didn't stick with guitar. Oh. I didn't. I didn't stick with it because um, my mom had put me in lessons at Johnson Music, old music, you know, store <laughs> yeah. in, in Kenston, and the guy was teaching me stuff like. A regular F major, regular C major. I'm used to quartet, you know. You want some some plucking and some picking? Yeah, you know, I'm used stuff exactly. And I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't want to learn how to do this because I, I ain't used to seeing this. You know what I'm saying? So, man, after like two lessons, I was like, I don't want to go back, and she ain't make me go back. But man, did just, you wish you would have stayed? Man, it hurt so bad. <laughs> It hurts so bad just knowing what I know now. And yeah. that, that would have been my really like my first serious instrument that mm-hmm. I really, really learned. And early, I'm talking about like early, early on, that would have been like my first one that I really, but yeah, that, that came after, uh, after drums. And then what came next? <sighs> then it was keys. Okay. It was keys. And, um, I don't think keys was something that I just um keys interest me a lot, but it was weird how I learned keys because I didn't I never actually owned no instrument. I didn't have no instrument of my own for a very long time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have an instrument of my own, but what I used to do was I would either go in Walmart Radio Shack, you know, back then, Radio, radio Shack radio. had the keyboards on the, on the thing, For shelf. display and stuff. Yeah, you go out there, cut the switch on, on, and... That light I would, blink. <laughs> exactly. So I would learn a chord today, you know what I'm saying? When when the, when the family ready to go, they ready to go. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember this one chord. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For the next time I come in here, and then I can find another one to go. So with you that. just play it, memorize it, and be like, I get the next one when I come back. Yeah, but I was I was learning chord for chord. I won't never learning no songs or no mm. progressions. I was learning a chord here, learning a chord next week, or whenever I get ready to go in another store, yeah. or you know, had access to like a keyboard or something like that. Um, early on too, uh, I used to go to a. Uh, when I finally met like Kariji. Shout out Kariji, yeah. Yeah, Kariji, Joel, yeah. and Galen. They used to stay together. They had to, they used to have a house together. Wow. Yeah, they used to have a house together back in the day. And I would go over there and ask for another chord. Let me get a chord. Let me get a chord. Let yeah. me get a chord. And little by little, I kind of started putting stuff together, putting chords together. So you started to know, okay, this chord I learned this day can go right behind this chord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And um, 
it just went from two chords to three chords. It went from progressions eventually to uh to to songs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. E- eventually, but it was a it was a slow process because you you got to do a lot when it come down to keys. We start out trying to play the bass line and stuff like that, but later yeah. later on you learn that this left hand really supposed to be carrying the meat of you know what I'm saying the chords, and yeah. this is like a color hand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I had to kind of relearn what the real dolls was was really doing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Hey, do you remember the first song you played on keys? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember because it took me so long to gather up enough chords, chords yeah. to play. You know what I'm saying? Because it took me a long time. I was just learning one chord here. Later on down the line, here go another chord. Later yeah. on down the line, here. A lot of times I was forgetting chords. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But the more I did it, the more I did it, it kind of picked up pace a little bit. And um, one thing just kind of led to another. And eventually I learned how to form some songs. So did you, once you started playing for real, like learning songs, did you like start playing at church or anything? Nope. When I was, when I, when I had really, really started playing keys, I was still playing drums. Okay. And I, I could I could I could function on keys pretty good, but I was still playing drums. Like I was going around doing dates with, with Joel and stuff. You know what I'm saying? On but, drums. Yeah, but I was playing drums. Yeah, and I'm talking about he was taking me somewhere everywhere playing, but I was playing keys at you know what I'm saying, whenever I had a chance, I was playing keys and I had enough chords to kinda of put together and yeah. I had started developing um uh, almost playing songs all the way through and stuff like yeah. that. But I was still predominantly like drums. How old were you at this time? Uh, I was young. I was young. I was younger than fifteen. Yeah, I was. I was younger than. I was younger than fifteen. I was younger than fifteen. So after playing keys, because I know you did end up start playing like at a church, right? You played keys at church. That was way down. Exactly. That was, so did you learn bass before you ever start playing keys like a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was something else that kind of just started bleeding in. You know what I'm saying? And I that was that was I never knew nothing about a bass. Uh-huh. And I never had an interest for bass. Like I ain't know nothing about a bass at all. If y'all heard him play, y'all would think that's crazy. <laughs> I never knew nothing about a bass. Um, my aunt bought me a bass for Christmas, just randomly. You know, bought me a bass for for Christmas, and um, this is this is no lie, man. I took the bass out of the box, and I learned. I just started learning how to. I started learning how to play, like just play, and um. I had a CD around that time, Victor Spate and the End Time Messengers. <laughs> yes. And around that time, Terrence and them had did that record. So it Terrence was, White, guys. Yeah, it was <laughs> right. It was the whole River Crew that that played on this record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I didn't start out learning like taking baby steps on bass. You know what I'm saying? Like. I was studying stuff like that, so that's yeah. That's the, your introduction to playing bass was practicing to those songs, right? Exactly, and you know, Terrence was already, you know, what I'm saying like the Kevin Bond changes, very and all, elite. Yeah, you know, so I was already kind of learning 
movements and stuff movements and passes and 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 all that kind of stuff before i really realized what i was playing and um the weird thing that happened was i hooked up with mr vic because mr vic have kind of been like a a person that a lot of us ended up going through yes sir Terrence, Karigi, like all of them i went to his house one day and um man he he grabbed he grabbed the bass start trying to play it and stuff it was like something wrong I said, what's wrong? You know, he said, man, it ain't tuned. He said, it's tuned bad. So you know, you've been practicing with a bad tune bass? Man, I done learned, man, I'm sitting here playing his songs in front of him from his album that Terrence and them, you know what I'm saying, produced. <laughs> Do you remember how you tuned it? I didn't. I just took it out of the box. <laughs> I just took the bass, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't know that, um, that, I ain't know nothing about tuning. Yeah. I ain't know that it was untuned. I know nothing about a tuner. And like I said, I'm at Mr. Vig House playing playing songs off his Four string, five string. Four string. Four string bass. Um, I'm playing the songs off his album. And like I said, he grabbed a bass and he noticed, man, this this ain't tune. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. He said, You got two options. He said, We can kick this thing like this, and only you you'll be able to play your bass. Or I'll tune it right, show you how to keep it tuned right, and you're gonna have to start over from scratch. And uh, I told him, I said I got to do this thing the right way. Right way. I got to do it the right way. And man, he gave me a paper. Uh, he gave me a paper with my notes and stuff on it, and um, took it home. And shortly, man, I was back at his house playing his songs all over the with the bass tune right. And man, we laugh about that to this to this yeah, day. Yeah, because that's crazy. You learned the songs from just taking the bass out of the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought about just keeping it tuned like that, but I'm like, man, I don't want nobody to grab my bass and they can't play it. <laughs> that you know would what I'm saying? Crazy. And I'm like, nah, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. So that's how that's how bass kind of came. And how old were you then? I wanna say maybe I might have been around sixteen. 16, 17, somewhere around there. So then when did the sports come in? Well, I was I was kind of always playing sports. I just never got into it as as serious as music. And music kind of took off fast because, like I said, I was already kind of going around with Joel. And Joel was a person that was already looked at as in work and he was doing dates with artists and all that kind of stuff so i i was like man i'm connected to him i'm doing pretty good but like i said i was playing drums but you know it it takes a long time for you to get to a good place as an athlete yes you know what i'm saying so music music can come fast it come we start off playing in church you know what i'm saying like early so we already feel like we kind of we in it yeah we in it already a little bit so yep so did you have to like did you ever get to a point where you had to make a decision whether you were gonna do music or play sports? Oh no. Nah. Nah. You know, when when I when I kinda got a whiff of I could start making a little change. <laughs> yes, Lord. You know what I'm saying? And then it was still probably like twenty five dollars. Yeah, but that's money. Man, it was then. So you're like, nah, I'm going to get this bread. Yeah, and you know, it was it was then being being a young guy because I remember when I used to get like 
$25, 35 man it felt good yeah because I, I was i was young you know what i'm saying and i ain't have no bills or no responsibilities and i ain't want to do nothing but go to mcdonald's and you know what i'm get saying that, hey that's when mcdonald's had the two for two i ain't never get the two for two yo back in the days like you know how they got like the two for five or the two for six now okay like you could get two big macs for two dollars yo back then wow yeah i man i just what used, was you ordering from mcdonald's man Man, I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember, but man, that little that that little twenty five, thirty five dollars felt it like felt a lot. Good. Yeah, it felt to like a lot. To be a young kid, like making money playing an instrument. Yeah, like as if you playing sports in school, like okay, they cheering or whatever, but I can't buy nothing. And it felt good because I ain't always get paid. A lot of times when you're young, you don't get paid every time. So when you do get paid, it feel good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So um, and and it wasn't about wasn't about the money. I think that's a big thing that's kind of different now. I mean, guys that's coming up, they they want to get paid. Like yes, you know what I'm saying. They want to. They know you getting paid. Yes, and they want to get paid too. But then, man, it was like a big thing. Like the love, the love for our gifts and stuff like that was. Man, it was it was different, and yeah. I used to spend when I really started gaining a true love for bass. I'm talking about I used to spend countless of hours, almost sun up to sundown, practicing bass, and I used to spend almost a whole day on the phone with Orlando. Yes, with uh, uh, Orlando Thompson, man, we would be on the phone from sun up to sundown, just practicing bass. I won't play nothing because I ain't know nothing to play, but he yeah. was he was killing so bad even back then. And um, it, it, it got to a point where we was always just so available all the time. And um, it was a few times where I call him and he, he won't free, he wasn't available. And I would feel some type of way because I'm like, man, every time I talk to him, I'm learning stuff. Yeah, And I ain't, I ain't know how to learn on my own at that time. And uh, one time he told me, he was like, man, you got to learn how to get it yourself because everybody not going to always be available. You know what I'm saying? He told me that like a, a long time ago, but man, I would learn so much by being on the phone with him and he would just be doing some crazy stuff. He's on the, insane. Man, yeah. 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 So what was that process like when you did get to the place where you had to start learning on your own? How did you do that? I was continuing to listen at records. Stuff like Mr. Vic CD, you know what I'm saying? Um, Kariji had gave me something that, uh, like a rehearsal or something like that, that he had did with Mr. Vic and Orlando was playing bass up there. And that was almost like an, introdu an introduction to me on how clean you need to be because, man, at, at that time, I just, I thought he was playing key bass, like not <laughs> synth bass. Yes. But but key bass. <laughs> like the finger bass on the XPC. Yeah, it was it was so clean and so precise. And Orlando has always been big on just making his bass sound like a piano bed. It was just yeah. e even all the way through. And I was just steady listening at stuff like that. Listening to, you know, Musta Vic stuff and um just listening to records and stuff like that. Cause I didn't have I ain't have no bass reference no guys to reference, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, in Kenston. Guys was playing keys and drums and stuff. So I really didn't know who was playing bass like that around there. And um, Quartet was big, but that wasn't. Later on when I hooked up with Kariji and them, Quartet wasn't something that I was really chasing like that because that's, yeah. that's when they kind of started introducing 
all this fusion and weather report, yellow jackets, chick Korea, all yes, this kind Lord. of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was just steady listening to whatever I could listen and stuff just kind of started bleeding, you know what I'm saying? Um, in my, in my ears, man. And you know, into my hands really. So once you get to this place, you're comfortable playing bass now. Not comfortable like that. Um, I'm, and I was comfortable at the house. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I was comfortable at the house, but I would get in situations, rehearsals and stuff like that, where it mattered what I played and how I was playing it. And I realized that um, it ain't it ain't the same thing as practicing at the house. That's a good. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. Because I had bad technique and stuff, and I remember, I remember um. One of my good friends, uh, he's like my brother, Mal Williams. Yes. Um, he had started putting me on to some uh, conferences with him, with, with his dad, Rance Allen, um, like Luther and yeah. DJ Rogers and all of them. And this, I was still early on around the time, still early on, still playing this four-string bass. Yeah, the same four-string? The same four-string bass. Okay. And um, i never forget being in a rehearsal um, one day. and um. It was some line in one of the songs or something. And around this time, I wasn't playing with my fingers yet. I was I was thumbing it. <laughs> and you can't play but so fast with one thumb. Man, look, he said, man, ain't you ain't going to play but so much line with that thumb. And that let me know that I got to find the right technique. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was, I was doing okay at the house, but like I said, the more open I got in situations and stuff like that, it let me know I really won't sweep. Mm. You know what I'm so you get back to the house. Did, did you like? How did you figure out the like finger technique? Hooking up, man, Orlando. Uh, so you hit Orlando like, yo, man, I've been only playing. So with my a lot, a lot of times, Orlando was coming and he was he was doing stuff with Kariji a lot around that time. So. I'm I'm there rehearsals. Oh, and you just watching? Them. I'm there, yeah. A lot of times, so um, a lot of times we was just connecting, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm asking and I'm looking, yo, what you doing? How you doing this? What? How this supposed to be? I mean, I'm asking everything, and um, little by little, I was just getting little stuff, going back to the house, practicing, going back to the house, practicing, connecting with him, um, whenever going back to the house, working on stuff. So do you remember the first time you played bass in a situation where you felt like, I got it now? Not really, but <clears throat> there was a point where I started feeling like, man, I feel like it's kind of paying off a little bit. Yes, sir. It took me a long time to to, to really feel comfortable. Like I was yeah. like, I'm pretty locked in now. It took it took me a long time because I was my aunt and them had started making me play in church, the same church that I was playing drums at. Now they making me play bass, and I'm like, nah, I ain't I ain't ready. Yeah, I ain't ready. And I knew I wasn't ready because it was already people that I was looking at and listening to, so I know what ready sounds like, and I know yes. what ready look like. And they was like, nah, you gonna play today? <laughs> you gonna play you this gonna bass play. today? Yeah, and um. I needed that. It didn't feel good then, cause man, I was jacking up. I was jacking up, and um, and um, but they just still just was like, nah, you going you gonna play? Shout out to them, yeah, for making you play, yeah, for real. Cause it's it's situations like that that prepare you, yeah. Cause like you said, at the house, that's one thing, but it's like playing this service, yeah. And then in black churches, 
anything can happen. Mm-hmm. It's yep. one of the it's one of the best breeding grounds for musicians because gospel music is every genre. Yeah, somebody gonna sing a song you ain't never heard before in your life. Yeah, then they gonna shout. Mm-hmm. Then they gonna it's a lot. And anybody can have a anybody can kind of have a church job. You got to be hired to play on the R and B settings. A group got to want you to play quartet, and, you know, for for like a gospel artist or a pop artist and stuff like that. But man, to play in church, you ain't got to be good. Yeah, it ain't got to be your gift. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's a good point. None of that kind of stuff. You know. So you saying there's a difference in expectation in church, which is why you were able to get away with it. Yeah. That sound bad, but that's the truth. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and this is a, this is another big thing. I um, I spent a huge time in a deliverance ministry. Okay, and that's that's different. You know what I'm saying? I came up in a Baptist church, mm-hmm. so um, that was you know Baptist like big on choir stuff, all that kind of stuff. Then I went from there to a deliverance ministry, totally different type of ministry. Um, it's really about flowing. At that point, you got to be big on flowing. It's still another situation where you don't have to be killing because it ain't about killing then. You know, it ain't about killing and it ain't about being able to play in all your keys. Most deliverance ministries don't have the greatest instruments, you know, the greatest players. Yeah, lot it's of- normally like a storefront, mm-hmm. organ, not really a B3. That's That's where killers are. <laughs> Or made in those small situations like that. Yes. That's I know I, exactly the like I can see the environment in my head. Mm-hmm. Because because you don't have a lot of people telling you that you're wrong and stuff. And you kinda learning on your you kinda learning on your own at your own pace and stuff like that. And some people end up growing because they can um you can do what you want to do and kind of figure out your own mm-hmm. style and your own placement and all this kind of stuff. But a lot of times guys get stuck there because they don't have people telling them mm-hmm. that you're wrong. And then you don't have people showing you the right way a lot of times and stuff like that. So that was another introduction of deliverance ministry. And that, that, that did something totally different to me as a musician. Was it a good different? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff were you learning? Flow flowing you know what i'm saying um trying to create like a, a big sound yeah you know what i'm saying trying to create a big sound and um deliverance ministries it at, at one point it could be it could be like a huge praise situation and another situation it can it could be big on worship like you just didn't never really know you know what i'm saying so and I'm I'm not saying that i was sweet around this time but this what i was kind of being introduced to and around this time Joel was coming to this particular church and doing a whole lot uh, of playing. And my aunt was playing there too. But Joel was like one that was doing a lot of playing for a lot of different people around this time. So when I had started hearing him, he was doing a lot of different stuff that I wasn't really hearing a lot of. And I was hearing him, you know, flowing a certain way and all this kind of stuff. So, um, like I said, just, you know, flowing, flowing was like, a really big thing and it's still a really big thing when it come down to deliverance ministries because as a deliverance ministry is not a place ministry is not a place that you just gotta be killing and stuff you gotta be able to the flow and be able to you know be ready to go whichever Whichever way that the service is going you know 
So were you still coming home and like learning records and stuff then? Man, when when bass fell in my lap, I never stopped that. Yeah. And and then keys keys started tightening up a whole lot more too because I started getting a lot of opportunities. You know, even even if it was situations that I where I wasn't playing in and stuff, like <clears throat> when I started getting a little better, that's when I kind of connected with Marcus Pitt, his mom and dad, and yeah. all them. Yeah, is that when you moved? No, I was still staying in Kenston. Okay, still staying in Kenston, but this when I started when I started playing with Marcus and them, this was this was kind of after the whole Deliverance Ministry, okay, um, um, uh, era for me, and um, because he had been following Terrence for so long. Yes. It was a lot of stuff that he had been kind of connected in that I hadn't like had an yeah. opportunity to tap in with all the way because he was following up under Terrence like really, really strong. And um I think he was probably more probably more closer to Kariji, maybe around that time at first and mm -hmm. stuff like mm -hmm. that as well. So but that's where I started learning how to really play like in a full band set and when it came down to bass. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Cause they had a real bass rig over there. I come yeah. from playing in like a K in a KB three hundred. And it sounded good coming out them keyboard amps a lot of times, but I had to start learning about a bass rig. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that and how to, you know Are uh, you still playing the same four string? <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> What up, y'all? I'm Rajay, and I want to say first, thank y'all for the support. Thank y'all for the love, and thank y'all for watching and listening to this podcast. We really don't take it for granted. Hey, if y'all want to continue to support us by spending y'all money, I got a way for y'all to do that. Y'all go to RajayXShaw.com and pick up that Make It Happen hoodie today. Life be crazy, but we still got to do what? Make it happen, gang. I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I don't know where that bass is. You held on to it, though. For a while. I held on to it for a while. <laughs> I felt like I was, I was ready for another string, so I ended up and got a fire string. My aunt bought me a fire string. Sweet. But now... And you know, the older I got and the more I got into bass, I'm just like, man, I should have kept rolling with a four for a long time. And you never learn to appreciate a four until you start running into people like Mario. Yeah, Jamario, yeah. Cause you feel like you need another string. And he'll show you that you don't. <laughs> and he good with three, you know? I think he good with three, you know what I'm saying? So. Yes. Yeah, I, when I really started hearing people like Jamario, and I'm just like, I never even got here with a four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't need a five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, yeah. After after a while, man, you know, playing over there with Marcus and them, stuff kind of started opening up a little differently. So were were you um hip to like the idea of being a session musician at this time? Mm mm. No, sir. No. You just trying to get the bass under your belt. Yeah, because n none of us was at this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
we was just, man, we was just playing. It was, and it's almost like when we connected, we was all of what each other needed. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, it was the missing pieces to help each other develop. Yeah. Y'all at a stage now where y'all need each other to get to the next level. Yeah. We've got here, okay, we know how to play our instrument decent. Now we need to be in a band together to get to the next place. Yeah, because I, I think around that time, Marcus was playing drums. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So eventually he started taking keys more serious and I was taking bass more serious and I had slowed up with keys a little bit. I was still playing, but it's almost like everything just kind of started falling into place. And the more we was going to the river and, Good God and hearing a live band, man, yeah, they, they were the blueprint for us all, man. Listen, they You're like, I, we need to sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was, I think we all still chasing that. God, we are. We all still chasing that. You know what I'm saying? But for a long time, man, we was just, we was just grinding. We we still didn't have it together. Like we would go up there and spend times at day rehearsals. Is and, this was Vars playing with y'all yet? Oh no, this way before Vars. Wow. We, man, we still young. Yeah, we, we, we still young. Vic was playing drums then. Okay, and eventually Galen was there. So when Galen came along, he was able to bring a different dynamic to us because he had already done had that river experience with Terrence and all them. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So he was kind of applying pressure a little differently. You know? So was he ver was he like talking to y'all or oh, verbal yeah. or his musicians? He both, was both. Okay, what was some of the stuff he would tell y'all? Man, um, he was he was man. He used to be on Marcus bad. <laughs> He used to be on Marcus bad, and that's because, you know, man, Terrence make it hard on, on keyboard players. Terrence make it hard on keyboard players. And um, I can't remember him getting on me too, too much, but I'm pretty sure there was a lot of time that he was. A lot of it, too, though, was Galen loved to pick. He's a joker and stuff yeah. like that. So a lot of times he was just picking with Marcus just because, you know, we always kind of yeah. uh, just laughing about everything and stuff like that. But it was, it was, it was, it was, it was both. And and Galen was the type of drummer where you could, you could feel, you could feel where he was directing you to in his plan. He had a, he had a strong directional way of playing. Playing drums. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, um, it just, man, one thing just kind of led to a, to another. We kind of started locking in mm -hmm. a little better the more we was going to the river and the more we were spending time up there, man. A lot of times we would come right back to this church after spending so long at the river and pull all-nighters, all-nighters at Marcus' dad and them church. So y'all go sit at the river all day, watch, watch them play, go back to the church and like, all right, let's let's grind. Man, yes. There was times that we fell asleep there and woke up woke up there in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like like our hunger around that time was like it was crazy, but to have those guys as the blueprint for, for us, because around this time I hadn't even met Rocky or Peanut yeah. or none of them yet, you know what I'm saying? But man, like everybody was so everybody was at such the a band at the River Church was Across the board, man. The whole entire band was A-listers. They had a sound that I still don't be hearing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It 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 did. And I still text Terrence to this day like, man, 
you affected me for life. And you know, he like, oh man, stop it. Yes, like you know? when we seen them, like, cause like when we were in Wilson, like we, when we would see them and we would get in rehearsals, like, yo, that's the, between, it was, for us, it was the River Band and Luther Barnes Band. Mm-hmm. It's like, if we can, if we could be somewhere in the middle of them two. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's about parts and yeah. vibe and space. Yeah. And moving together. Yeah. It's like, it's a cohesiveness that that you can't like it's unmatched. It is, man. It is. They uh man, spending time there, going there and stuff like that, it did a lot for us. The sound, the look, yes. you know what I'm saying? The look, all that kind of stuff, man. And it was like I said, that 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 time period will always be a part of who we are, you yes. know what I'm saying? Whether we plan together, whether we are separately doing our own things, it'll forever be a huge part of us, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that they kept us from screwing up a lot because they were such a, a a great blueprint, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It, it really kept us from a whole lot of screwing up. We did screw up, but we knew when we was wrong because yes. we knew what, what right was. Yes, sir. You know? So after that phase, well, how long did you play with Marcus at that church? Man, for a long, for it, it was it was a it was a while, it was a while, uh, man. Um, it was it was quite a time, and during that time, we was we was doing weddings and stuff like that. So it kind of went from church Ooh. stuff, you know, what I'm saying to kind of start to kind of be more open with. Uh, you know, cover songs, secular songs, you know, yeah. and, and stuff like that too. So, um, it was, it was, it was. I was, I was over there. I was over there for a minute, and and I, I started spending a bit of time kind of playing keys here and there as well too. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, a little bit, but um, yeah, I was, I was Is over that, there for a while. So, because when I'm, do you remember when we met at the um? I think the first time we met each other. I don't know if you remember. I think it might have been at Marcus's dorm. I Were you there? I don't remember. You might be right, but I can't remember. That's been a long time. Because ago. that's when he showed me logic. I remember I remember being in Marcus Pitt's dorm and his laptop was open and I saw Logic Nine. I probably But that's around the time I'm trying to remember how, but I know that's how I met you. Okay. Like when Vars started playing over there. Okay. That's how I met you some kind of way. Okay. But I don't. It's been. It's very long ago. Long time ago, and that's probably right because I used to spend a lot of time over there. I think I helped them move in, all kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I feel like I remember going with Vars over there, and y'all were there. Okay. But anyway, after you leave, um, Marcus Dad's church. What do you do next? Um. I want to think I had a period of I had started playing in Raleigh with Joel. Okay. I was playing bass, and then that kind of started opening up something a little different. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So what kind of style? What was going on there? Well, he was he was another one that kind of had the same style of he was into the Kevin Bond, said yeah. Thompson type stuff. So I was really kind of forced to starting to really like starting to catch on the passes and. You know all that kind of stuff. I don't really, I don't really remember what happened, 
Um, but me, him, and Vic was 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 playing there, and um, but I I want to think that's kind of where I was after after playing at um over there with Marcus and them. And did that, so like as far as at this point, where are you with like how your bass sounds at this point? I definitely don't think I was at a sweet spot. Yeah, I definitely don't think I because I still didn't really know how it was really supposed to sound and a lot of times it do depend on uh it can depend on your bass a yes, lot of times yes. Som- sometimes it don't because orlando used to take my bass and make it sound good you know <laughs> what i'm saying but he let me know that a lot that first off it's in your fingers finger first. tone jamario taught me that a yeah, long time ago it's in your fingers first and then you adjust your bass and then you move to the head and stuff like wow that. so it's fingers first then bass then whatever amp you playing out of. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's why most cats, they going to go ahead and set their stuff at 12 o'clock first, you know, just to have like a, a, a bass there. And then, you know, from your fingers to your bass, mm. you know, to the head or whatever like that. But I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember saying, oh, man, my bass sound good. My bass playing sound good. So I, do you remember when you decided to say like, okay, I'm about to figure this tone thing out? Um, kind of. Okay. Um, kind of. I think I had started kind of realizing that because it's a bass, it it ain't really supposed to be bassy. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That was a bass. Just because it's a bass, don't mean you got to have the smiley face EQ. Right. You know. <laughs> so that that was that was one of the things that I really had to realize mm-hmm. first. It, it's about it's about it cutting through. You know what I'm saying? Not just, you know, not just that bottom there and stuff like that. And it still took me a long time to um to be able to um accumulate that sound mm-hmm. because once you get used to, you know, just hearing a bottom in, bottom in, now you feeling like it ain't too much bottom there. And you, you have a hard time trying to find a, a happy medium. Yeah, because you think you thin now. Now you think you thin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it just it it just takes more of listening to other cats you got you got to keep listening to people and listening to people and listening to people so So you never stopped doing that man when bass took off like it just really really took off and i i ended up just having that bass in my hand so much and i was i was growing rapidly fast yeah rapidly fast so when did you get into like like Cause it's two, it's two parts that I really want to talk to you about. Cause I want to ask you some questions about there's you, the producer and then there, but there's you, the session basis too. Which one of those, after all that stuff, which one of those came first? The basis. Okay. Um, so what, what ended up happening was fast forward. I moved to Greenville. Yes. And, um, I knew I had to move to Greenville because that's where everybody was. That's where Kariji was. That's where A-Love was. That's where Meek was. You know what I'm saying? That's where Mayberry was. That's where Duran was. That's where everybody was. And for a while, I'm still standing in Kenston, and I'm like, I got I to gotta get there. I got I to gotta get there because I don't feel like I'm going to get any further, you know what I'm saying, in Kenston than what I have already got gotten so eventually i moved to kenston mm-hmm. i mean i moved to greenville mm-hmm. and um um i met uh do you know ira ira wooden i don't 
The name sounds familiar, though. Ira is like an amazing producer that a lot of people don't know about. Okay. And um, fast forward, eventually I met Meek. When I first met Meek, I met him and we was doing some quartet stuff together yeah. with Mr. Vic because Mr. Vic is. So Mr. Vic was really like the connect for a lot of y'all. He was. He was. You know what I'm saying? And that's Karigi's uncle. Makes sense. That's Karigi's uncle. So we had started doing some stuff with Mr. Vic group. And from there, me and Meek would end up and do some records at our studio back in the day for different local artists and all that kind of stuff. So I do know who Ira is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of started getting a whiff of the studio cutting in the studio, which was a whole nother ball game. Which is what I really want to talk about. Yeah, because <laughs> you're 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 the you're one of the you're one of the people that I can talk to about that because yeah. that's real life. Yeah. So um, I eventually I met Ira. Me and me, we was doing a lot of a lot of cutting. You know what I'm saying over there, and um. Even then, I still I still wasn't hip to having my bass tone sounding a yeah. certain way because now it's really got to be like it's really got to be right. But you know, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to how to make it right because I got a five string bass at this time, but it still it wasn't like a session bass. Yeah, like it's that. just a, it's five strings. Yeah, it's just five strings. Is that that red bass? Nah, it Did was. You have a bass that was like burgundy or red or something. Probably so. <laughs> you just don't remember. <laughs> Probably so, but it was it was a brand, it was a brown wash brand. A lot of people remember that wash brand because I had it for a long time. Yeah, so that might be what I'm thinking about. Probably so. Yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking. I had about. that. I had that for a long time, and um, that was my first time starting to really do a lot of session work. Um, when me and me we was doing a lot of um recording there at our. So spot. were you learning on your own, like? how to play clean and all that or was like somebody saying like hey do that better or do this better i wasn't getting that oh i wasn't i was i wasn't i wasn't getting that because we man we was just going for what you know yeah we was blessed to be getting work you know what i'm saying we was blessed to be getting work but probably around that time we was probably really kind of starting to get into like session work and stuff like that but i ain't know no session players yeah i won't get into here no um no bass on sessions and stuff like that. So I didn't, I didn't know, man. I just like through a while I learned through trial and error. Yeah. I learned through trial and error for, for a while, a long while. So let, let's, I want to, I want to, I want to park at the session thing. Let's, I want to dig into that. Cause now you are really good at it. That's number. That's let me, let me say, let me say that out loud. To the people uh, in the I back. appreciate it. But. Bro, when it comes to session, bro, <laughs> Dennis Dudley is, lethal hey i appreciate it but so I, take take us through because i want for somebody who's for a bass player that's watching who's been doing church and gigging and wants to get into being a session bassist take us through the process of how you really hone that craft i think the biggest thing is not rushing time. Every everything is gonna gonna happen over time and a lot of times just just by default we we try to rush. You know what I'm saying? We try to rush cuz um you know, we want to get better or we want to we want to get called from certain people or 
we want to do this tour, we want to make this money, or we want to connect with this with this crew over here and all that kind of stuff. So we end up rushing in a lot of areas, and it's like what's going to come is going to come. You know what I'm saying? I, I rather I rather be slow but right than fast and wrong. You know what I'm saying? So um, a lot of people just a lot of people end up rushing. You know what I'm saying? But you still ain't you still not really learning the right way. So um it like I said man it it took time it really it really took time it really took a lot And what of time. was your what was your during that time what was your regimen like or what was your mindset in order to get better What were you doing to get better Well for one I never stopped practicing I I like I said when when I gained a really strong interest for bass, I I practiced a lot. And like I said, I was connected to an amazing bass player, which was Orlando. So he was he was somebody great that I was able to connect myself with. You know what I'm saying? And then, man, I had friends like Kareji and them where they was, man, he was hard on me. Yeah. Man, he was hard. Man, there was, there was times I kind of skipped this. But back when I was playing at um, Paradise in Greenville, Kareji was playing keys there, and he was MDing, and um, he got me the job there. And there was times where he brought Orlando in uh, in a rehearsal. <laughs> like, get him sweet. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. That that happened a lot of times, and um, you know, I I never did take that you know the wrong way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I I needed it. But like I said, like everything just kind of still continued to happen with time. And I wanted it bad because I used to connect with Orlando and I would see him just doing stuff with ease, man, playing chords, and, man, he can just run. (laughs) He can just run nonstop, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted it so bad. But to to look at what I had, you know what I'm saying, as as somebody that was working with me, that's kind of why I was able to keep striving that mm-hmm. that strong mm-hmm. to have somebody like a- so do you think do you think it's good to have somebody that kind of mentors you um yes yes but at the same time you still gotta have a mind to work on your own because you still got a job to do at the house you know what i'm saying and a lot of cats they just they are a certain way when you're around or when you're in front of who you know is taking it serious but you don't really have the same passion at the house. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So that. So you got to want it for yourself, not for whoever's teaching you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I, how I was with Orlando and with Kareji, you know, in front of him in rehearsals and stuff like that. Were you ever like, were you ever embarrassed by it? Man, yeah. Yeah. Man, this dude came to my rehearsal. You know, he, he came to my rehearsal, you know what I'm saying? And, um. But I, I knew it wasn't a thing of him, you know, Kareji wasn't trying to embarrass me. Kareji was trying to get me right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to get me right because <clears throat> he was already into a lot of stuff I wasn't into. He was already into this chick career and all this kind of stuff. And he was already playing keys strong and stuff like that. I'm still trying to become um, a good bass player. You know what I'm saying? So, so shout out to Kareji yeah. for – being that advanced and mm-hmm. still giving you an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And then A-Love and Kareji was doing a whole lot of playing in their bands around that time. So when when A-Love kind of broke away and started doing his own thing, I was coming behind him and playing with, you know what I'm saying, Kareji. So I had to come behind him. And then eventually, 
Ayla had me playing in his band. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's that's another full circle moment. Yeah, I, I never really had a lot of time to just be comfortable. Yeah, because all these boys you naming, they, they don't play. Like, they are great at what they do, and they don't do the half-steppers. Yeah. Like, they they give you a little bit of grace, but it ain't it ain't but so much grace. Now, tighten up. Ain't I don't much. care. Yeah. You, if you with us, tighten up. Yeah. You ain't got no, I just start playing. I ain't got none of that. They ain't trying to hit none of that. No. <laughs> if you say this what you want to do, we going to hold this pressure to you. And you know what I'm saying? And Kareji was already, he already had some Terrence White and Joel and stuff in his, in blood. his blood. So, so he, was, he was bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Joel used to cuss at us. In church and all that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. man, you had to hear that. You had to deal with that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, and a lot of people, they, you know, they ain't gonna be able to handle all that. But yeah, um, I'm glad I was able to, you know, handle it. So, did you? So, did you develop like thick skin, or you already had it? I think I already. I think I already had it. I think I already had it. But um, being a musician, you kind of gotta. Um, you got to develop a, a different level of it because a lot of times you might feel like, you know, you're sounding pretty good or you might feel like you're getting somewhere, but you might have somebody to make you feel like you, you still ain't getting nowhere. Facts, facts. You know, you stuff like that. Sweet, and then you run up on somebody and make you be like, well, I'm going home to practice. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But like I said, it just it just goes right back to it was just it was just all – it was all a process, and it, it took me a very long time to feel like I'm kind of starting to – yeah. To kind of get somewhere with this. Yeah. So I'm gonna stick on I'm gonna stick with bass okay. before I go to production. Okay. You get to the place now where you're playing in situations where you in churches and you playing with musicians where they hand you stuff to learn and you gotta learn it. Of course I know you said you used to like learn like the end time messenger stuff and stuff like that. But what was it like? Once you got to the place where the expectation was, you need to sound just like that record. Um, I think it started being right around this time too, because around this time is when I kind of really started um, being introduced to a lot of bass players from records like the Daryl Freemans yes. and stuff like that. So um, that's when I really started started to understand bass a little differently. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even listening to AJ on those records a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? I would hear him moving a certain way, and I ain't, I didn't understand why the bass was moving a certain way and stuff like that, but I'm like, this got to be what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think a lot what, a lot, I think a lot what helped me with that was studying records and starting, yes. to, starting to study records at an early age and that was still something that that i wasn't always you know strong at but i had a gist of you know a lot of it so i want to ask you this because um some musicians don't know the difference between listening to a song and studying a song what is the difference you said from what said it again like like say for instance you give a musician some material to learn you say learn this material some people think if they put their ears on it and they know the basic changes, then they've learned the song. But then there's studying the song. Yeah. Um, I think once you get at once once you start getting a certain level of work 
it's it's not learned this no more. It's more so like transcribed this. You know what I'm saying? That's that's when you really gotta start getting into details, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the the church, you know, where we kinda grew up in, and I'm just talking about in general, in general. all of us as a whole, that's where you can kinda just learn and kind of come, you know, I heard this on the I radio. Halfway, no, I know the basic changes, I'll get through it. Yeah, you know, you don't have to transcribe, you know, at that point. But when you start working with, like, a lot of artists, a lot of different artists or playing in more so uh, bigger situations, and a lot of people don't use the word as transcribe, but that's what it is. And, like, when I heard you say, listen, well, I was at your house one day, and you used the word transcribe. And that's when I, that's when it dawned on me that people don't be transcribing. They like put their ears on it. Okay. One to the four, six, two, five, one. They don't care nothing about the past. They don't care nothing about the special in the second verse. They don't care nothing about the walk up to the bridge. Yeah. None. It's like. The right voices. Yes. But then when you say transcribe, it's like, no. Right. You need to listen to it, and when you pick up your instrument, you shouldn't hear the difference between you and the record. Right. That's transcribing. That's transcribing. It's all the complete details, like trying your hardest not to miss nothing. The dot, the dynamics, the the velocity changes, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, that's that's something else that just comes with time. Yes, you know, because we just by default, we learn first. And a lot of people don't get in situations where you got to start transcribing. You know, a lot of people just don't get blessed to be in situations where that's that's demanded for you to do. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That that's something else that kind of come with time. But eventually, man, it's it's going to be ass that you transcribe this record, Mm -hmm. transcribe these songs playing the the exact octaves, you know, yes. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you had to give one piece of advice to a bass player whose aspiration is to become a session player, what would that advice be? I would say really do a lot of listening. Um do a lot of listening and learn what you can from learn what you can from others cuz it's hard to learn um on your own and what you may think is right. A lot of times it's not right, you know what I'm saying? So to have confirmation from guys that matter and guys that really got a voice out here, be able to take that advice, you know what I'm saying, and that constructive criticism, no matter how it feel, whether it's good or bad. And it don't necessarily have to be a bass player because a keyboard player can help form a bass player really, really good as well, you know what I'm saying? So just being open to advice, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, constructive criticism, and practicing at home and being true to to your gift and just really taking it serious, you know what I'm saying? Um, not giving up, you know what I'm saying? Like not giving up because most people that end up getting somewhere, they don't never see themselves getting there early on, you know what I'm they saying? They just end up there from not giving up. Yeah, through time. Through time, you just end up getting work and getting work. One thing leads to another before you know it, and then here it is, you got somebody like Adam Blackstone that's, you know what I'm saying, over everybody and over yes. everything. He didn't always see himself, in, you know, in that light, you know, but when you continue to work hard, like, man, the sky's the limit, you know. Absolutely. That's good, man. 
What up, y'all? I'm Rajay, and I'm interrupting the pod to present an opportunity for y'all to support the brand and the fam. So do this for me. Head over to RajayXShaw.com, click the merchandise tab, and grab a hoodie, t-shirt, or hat. And remember this thing. No matter what people say or think, live your life. Now back to the episode. All right, during the commercial, Dennis brought up an amazing name. First of all, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell the story, and then I'm gonna let you come in. Okay. So, Brenton Northern, right? We know him as a drummer. Yeah, I didn't even know him then. That's what's crazy. Yeah. I know, and I, I'm talking about he's a beast drummer. Right, like one of the best drummers in the area. Right, he around us in Wilson all the time, playing at the house, shedding. We call him man. Now they call him Brent. But that's man. Yeah. Man is the drummer. Cold. Then he like, yo, I'm moving somewhere up north. He moved. Right? He was like, I'm, I'm moving for a little while. Um, yada, yada, yada. I talked to him. He's like, yo, man, I think I'm going to learn how to play keys, yo. Because he used to watch us. He used to watch us play, but he was always a beast drummer. Mm-hmm. I promise you, I don't know how long he was gone. He came back so good. Dennis, he came back so good on Oregon. I was like, bro, there's no way you learned that much that fast. I'm like, that's scary. Yeah. Because he was only gone maybe a year or two or something like that. All right. When the last time I seen him, he was a full-fledged drummer. When he came back, he was smacking. I'm like, brother, you're really insanely good. Wow. And how did you end up meeting him? Um, playing at A Love Band. Okay, and that that was a, that was a pretty full band. And Deron was playing keys for uh, for A Love, and I didn't know Brent. Never heard nothing about him or nothing. And sometimes I would see him sitting in our rehearsals. You know what I'm saying? And he just sitting in there chilling. And after we get done re- rehearsing, um, we packing up and stuff, and he, he come get on the keyboard and just start playing. I'm like. Who is this dude? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, who is this dude? And I'm talking about he was just yes. like just just fiddling. But I'm just like, whoa, this 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 dude right here. He different. different. Yeah, and you right different. here in Greenville. I ain't heard nothing about you or nothing. Yeah. And man, we got like this. We, yeah. we got like this, man. We started kicking it, man. And um man, um uh, I gotta give Brent a lot of credit because he was the first person that I kind of connected with that that uh, that I was able to get like a lot of information from, and mm-hmm. I was able to hear a lot of information from. And man, a lot of times we would sit, we would just be sitting in the room, and and I would learn the same lines that he was doing on keys. Mm-hmm. I was learning them on bass, and we didn't have no drums, no metronome, or nothing. Jeez. And we just used to sit in the house, just and I would learn lines that he was doing on keys, and we would just be sitting and learning lines that used to make me scale the bass. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that kind of started opening, stretching you. Yeah, yeah, that kind of started opening up like information a little bit. Yeah, cause and that was the thing, like. When I when I seen him play, I'm like, no, nah, he don't just know how to play. Like, there's a different. He's playing from a different place. Yeah. Like the knowledge base, like, 
what's going on in his mind is very, very different. And, and he has such a strong um, uh, influence from like uh, uh, like jazz, you know what I'm saying, in his plan that you would think that maybe that's what he went to school for. And when when he did go to school, it was for classical. Which is more crazy. Yeah, and that ain't what you hear in his plan. You're going to hear you know, like some jazz influence, and that ain't even what he went to school for. That's what's crazy. Yeah. So that stretches you as a bass player. Yeah. Are you now starting to get into production? Um, Brent is, come to think about it, he is the reason. Brent is the reason that I got into production. I am, man, listen. (laughs) I don't even know how to turn a computer on without Brent. <laughs> Just kind of think about it right now. And um, it started with me making click tracks. Oh. It started with me making click tracks. And I didn't have a computer. He had a Windows computer. We was playing at a Kojic church um, in a Husky at the time. And we used to ride to church together every Sunday. And it was his computer. He had Reason on his computer. Yes, Lord. And he didn't. He never really learned how to use Reason. Mm. And I used to sit on the passenger side and make click tracks on the Why way to church you? on Sunday. And that's that's what started. No. That's really what started production for me and stuff. So after making click tracks, what was like? What was the next step that made you get into it? Um. Connected. I, I started connecting with uh, one of my homeboys, T.J. Jones, and he started putting me on to to like gear and stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, uh, he started connecting me with the right cores that would be accessible for me to start recording, like a MIDI to USB yeah. and stuff like that, showing me how to start recording in a session outside of the click tracks. Yes. And eventually, um, eventually I kind of started recording, you know, keys a little bit here, a little mm-hmm. bit there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was trash, but it was a start. <laughs> My click tracks was, was trash too. <laughs> Did you quantize <laughs> That's one of the things that, that, that TJ showed me how to do quantize. Yeah. That, that's the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're making the click tracks. Mm-hmm. You hook up with TJ. He gets you your MIDI stuff straight. So did you go hard like, I want to be a producer? No. No, because another another guy that me and Meat was working with was a guy named Kendall. And I'll never forget this because this, i never forget this particular moment. Um, I remember being in Kendall's studio. And, um, man, one time I just remember looking up at his computer and I'm like, yo, I don't never want to do this. Man, I just, you know, when you start looking at the grids and stuff like that, you just- very intimidating. Man, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I don't never, I remember telling myself sitting down looking at the session that we was working on, I don't never want to do this. The reason why I really got serious with production is a lot of times they were dealing with other artists. So a lot of times you got to, either try to wait to they have available days or whatever the case may be but not being able to record when you want to that kind of pushed me to a place of really wanting to start to record on my own so after I started learning a little bit learning some keys you know in reason and stuff like that I just started learning a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and you 
you still like pacing yourself. Yeah. Asking questions. This person know this, how you do this. Oh man. Yeah. Cause di- y'all, the thing about Dennis is Dennis, as good as he is now, he still do the same thing today. Like, Hey, <laughs> hey I need you to listen to this buddy. Cause I don't know. Like, Hey, I got this song. I don't know if this snare's smacking. I'm going to send it to you. Let me know. Man. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that's dope to do though. Like, like you, you're not, you don't play around. And like one thing I learned from Dennis is like, okay, if I decide I want to do X, Y, and Z, the first thing I'm going to do is call the homies that do that well. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm about to go on this journey, and I'm going to need you to just guide me and just let me know. I'm going to do the work, and then I'm going to send you send it to you, and you just let me know if I'm going a little too far left or right or if I need to straighten up. Yeah. Like the humbleness to do that. Do you know where that comes from? Having friends that was doing it right, man. I ain't, I ain't want to be, I ain't want to be the wrong one. You know what I'm saying? And um, man, because you're t- you're connected to too many people that do it right. Man, too many. I got too many friends that's doing it the right way, and it sound good. I'm just like, man, I I can't be yeah. sounding trash. And, and man, I got friends on speed dial. You know, I man, we spend a lot of time on Facetime. <laughs> yes, man. Hours and hours. Yes. You, you know, a lot of a lot of friends, man. Yes. A lot of friends. So now you've gotten to the point where you're a producer. See that's what, see, you see how you did that. <laughs> it's true though. Man, it's a forever. Uh, I'll I'll say that I, I, you have to you have yeah, no choice. That's, yeah, you. Got but it. the crazy thing is, I know that feeling. Yeah. And the reason why I know that feeling is because that's how I feel about mixing. Right. Like my wife used to tell me, like you could do it yourself, and I'm like, eh, no, nah, because when I be listening to these records and my stuff don't sound like that, so it's like, no, I'm not a mixer. And then you end. This will happen. You level your stuff out, and it don't sound bad. Yeah. Put a reverb here and a compressor there. Technically, you mixing. Right. <laughs> you may want to sharpen your craft or yeah. learn a, some more tricks to the trade. Right. But you're operating in it. Yeah. So at this point, you are definitely a producer. How does it feel? It feel it feel good because I came from not wanting to do this. Like I said, I remember sitting in the room like I don't want to do this. And now I'm running full sessions with no help. Yeah, man. You know, mixing and mastering and sending files off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, bro. and and I'm being trusted for guys to be able to trust me with work and stuff. So it, it does, it does, it feels good. It feels good. Which brings me to the next point. Like, you've been doing a lot of like, dang, that's so much. You've been doing a lot of like music directing too and like programming for people. Like, what has that journey been like? Man, it's um, it's a whole nother ball game with that. That opened up something totally different. And how I kind of got into um, arranging and programming and stuff like that, I found myself early on um, starting to um, really hone into like um, scores, like movie scores and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I've always been into um, a certain type of like shows and movies and stuff stuff with plot twists and all that kind of stuff so you always got music that's going hand in hand with those moments yeah that's really making those moments what it is and i started you know studying film scores and you know getting their master classes and all that kind of stuff 
and really I'm I'm studying uh, arranging and programming and, and really don't know it you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and then eventually that's when arranging and programming and, and producing really really started and so the last thing before we go that I want to talk about is although you're from a small town you've been putting in work that has positioned you to get the attention of major people right right to people who are looking to connect with a different caliber of people or a different caliber of artists or musicians and artists in other states like being from a small town what how did you get there where you started to get the attention of other artists and producers and stuff social media have been a big thing yeah social media has been a big thing social media is is how i started connecting with rex yeah start working with rex and rex is somebody that we all came up hearing about his name he planned for everybody you know what i'm saying so that was a social media connection that that went from me just playing bass on records he was sending to me to getting me to program and arrange for him and send him the full session but how did you get his attention in the first place was it like a bass cover or something yeah i did a cover of a mary joint uh... i did a cover of, of, a, of a mary joint and um uh you know he he sent his respect and stuff like that we had some words kind of back and forth and then this was a while this was a while down the line a while down the line and um, I think maybe he hit me up at a particular point. Hey man, I want you to cut some records. But this this was this was a while, you know. Between the the post and then him hitting you, yeah. Be- which is another reason why I hear you like when you talk about like patience. Like you can meet a person today, and if you if you eager, you can mess the relationship up moving too yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, because. Through all of this time, you know, I was, you know, I was doing stuff with certain people and, you know, I would post and, you know, people looking, you know, people, people watching, you know what I'm saying? Whether they tell you they are or not. Yeah, yeah, you know, people watching. So, you know, I was getting, you know, great opportunities and all that kind of stuff. And eventually he was hitting me for work and and more work and more work. And, you know, some stuff going to come through social media. Some stuff just going to come through relationships that you have with people that you already know. Yes. Relationships is, is big. And um, I tell people in any um, any art, any industry, um, you work off relationship. It's a yes. lot of people that's out here that's not as good as what you are and stuff like that. And um, But they working off a relationship. A lot of people is working off relationships. So how big is maintaining good relationships? Man, it's big. It's um is 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 it's big. You can't beat it. Like I said, you got people out here that's working that a lot of people may say they don't really deserve to be in this place or whatever the case may be, but at the end of the day, man, relationship means everything. And there's a lot of people that keep keep work and they making yes. they making a killing and they doing great in life based off of who they know. You know what I'm and saying? How how do you maintain good relationships? Um, uh, being integral. You know what yes. I'm saying? Being integral. Um, like we was talking about earlier. You know, getting back to people. Um, knowing how to communicate. 
uh, um, man, just man, it's it's so many things. Um, uh, not 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 necessarily wanting things from people too. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times it's just good to be able to have regular conversations. You know what I'm saying? And not just about music. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I learned this from somebody, uh, Jeremy Haynes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he he's somebody else, or he you know he's he's done a lot but there's been a lot of things where um we have had like regular conversations and stuff like that and he has done a lot of like checking me on and all that kind of stuff and um a lot of times it it had nothing to do with music it had nothing to do with music so a lot of times like even though you admire somebody you know what I'm saying you might be inspired by somebody or something like that the conversation doesn't always have to be about music. Or, yeah, because or, oh, that's a good point. Because yeah. as as brothers in the music game, sometimes we gotta talk to each other about relationships, yeah. children. Yeah, like like you were telling me earlier, like it is your musician friends that have held you down through some crazy personal stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it gets to the point where you want to build relationships that go beyond the music so that when it's time to do the music, you know what type of people you're working with and yeah. it's more natural. Yeah, it's a, it's a relationship there and not not just business. You know what I'm saying? Not just a transaction. Yeah, because you can feel that. You know what I'm saying? You you can feel that and it, it, it feel good when you're playing with your, with your brothers. It feel good when you're playing with your brothers, you know what I'm saying, yeah. versus – it's a business situation, you know yes. what I'm saying? And that's that's going to happen because everybody ain't going to feel like family to you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. Ooh, I, okay, I got to ask you this. Have you been in any situations where you were, you did have a close relationship with people in one season and then you get in another season and it falls apart or y'all disconnect? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what the reason was? A lot of times it a lot of times it's not even a particular reason. And like I used to hear a lot of times um seasons change and a lot of times it just really mean that, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of grow in 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 uh separate areas, you know, a lot of times and uh, you go from possibly talking every day, talking every week, or doing this, doing that, and you just kind of grow separate ways. You know what I'm saying? And um, it it happens, and it don't have to be ugly. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gotta turn out ugly. You ain't gotta be like, oh, this person. Hate it don't gotta me. turn into beef. Yeah, it ain't gotta turn into beef, but you know, it it happens because really, some situations is gonna last, and some situations just not gonna last. You know. So That's in life. those situations where things have grown apart with people, did you try to mend it or did you just let it go? You, um, a lot of times, I, I think the best way to do stuff like that is to, if it's going to mend, kind of let it mend itself. Yes, sir. Because a lot of times you can do more harm than help. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times I think it's just better to let it organically like do on its own. Yeah, that's good. You know, and, and and if it's meant to be, then opportunity will present itself at some point. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of stuff is is a timing thing too. You know, timing is big to you. Yeah, like I've heard earlier today when we were talking before we did the podcast, you spoke about 
your son mm-hmm. and timing. Right. Like, and it made sense. You're like, hey, I'm in this situation where at this point, it's this way. Mm-hmm. 13 years later, it's this way. Right. What gives you the patience to let time do its thing? Because, uh, you know, the more you live, you'll realize that you, you can't rush life. It don't matter how, how bad you may want something and you could be ready. You, you can feel like you're ready for something, but you can't, you can't rush life. And then also if you, if you let life take its course, when you finally get what you thought you was ready for at a certain point, you'll, you'll realize why you won't you, ready. <laughs> you'll realize you won't ready. And that can be whatever music opportunities, relationships, whatever the case may be. So, you know, you can easily, you can easily damage something, you know what I'm saying? Um, whatever, whatever it may be. So you, you can't, you can't rush life, man. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it. And there's some things that we want really bad. We want some stuff really, really bad, but it's like, you know, like I said, you just got to let life like run its life, run its course sometimes. Yeah, man. So right now today with all that you've learned, all that you've gone through personally and professionally, where are you at now? I'm still, uh, I'm still growing, man. I'm still growing. I'm still, um, I'm still chasing to become a better bass player, but my focus is, my focus is different now. You know what I'm saying? Like I went from, I went from focusing on a lot of tricks and all that kind of stuff to more studying stuff that's more solid now. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's when it come down to being a bass player, just being a musician in general. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes simple is, is, is better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not putting like too much pressure on myself, you know, and communicating a lot, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, to try to do things alone, you can keep a lot of pressure on yourself. You can deal with stress, all that kind of stuff. And um, that's that's why I communicate with people like yourself a lot. Uh, T.J. Wilson, I, yeah, I call. Boy, yeah. yeah, I call now, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I, you know, so many people I call so much, you know what I'm saying, to ask, ask questions, you know what I'm saying? I'm texting. It could be something that's probably silly, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But I need that confirmation. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So just not trying not to put a lot of pressure, you know, on myself and and being friends with people first, and let let business be there too. But you know, be friends first because that that means more than anything, you know. Yeah, because we you know we all and um you know me and Marcus uh, I was talking to Marcus Anderson on the way up here and we was just talking about. Um, everybody is dealing with something. Everybody got something going on, but to, you know, to have friends, you know, that you can kind of call and have conversations with and kick it with, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that a lot of times that mean more than anything. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> thank you for coming. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, my alarm just went off. So that, that, that must've been God saying, all right, y'all through. Right. <laughs> Um, is there any last words you want to say to the music community before we wrap it up? I would say, man, keep pushing and don't don't look at what's right now. <laughs> don't look at what's right now because um, you, you won't be able to gauge what's later based off of right now. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I said it a little bit earlier. A lot of people that's where they that that's where they are now. Um, they didn't always see themselves being where they are now. So the best the best advice that I can give, and I still give this to my, to myself, is to just keep working, keep working, and what's going to come is is going to come. And you just, you can't pinpoint your blessings. You don't know what's going to come. You know, and you can try to. You can want this and want that and end up having greater. So that's why it's just it's better to just work, just keep working and don't give up, man. And everything, everything will kind of line up. Yes, sir. It's been another episode of the RXS podcast. Dennis Daly in the building. We out. Peace. Just live your life.